Do you know what your golf personality is? There are six dominant types that I've encountered over the years. From an outside perspective, they all appear to have merit. But there are some serious downsides to seemingly good ones that may surprise you. That's why in this episode, I'm going to reveal the pros and cons of the six dominant golf personalities and the reason why there is only one that I teach my clients to adopt. She Talks Birdie is for you, the golf enthusiast, who wants to discover how to play the game you love better, smarter, and more effortlessly. If that sounds like exactly what you need to take your game to the next level, then I'm so glad you stopped by. My name is Dr. Shannon Reese, And in each episode, we'll take a look behind the curtain in your mind to uncover the simple mindset strategies that will help you play great. Thanks for spending some time with me today. Now let's get started. Every golfer I've worked with has demonstrated a certain dominant golf personality that dictates their approach to the game. For the purposes of this episode, Please understand that when I use the term personality, I'm loosely using it to describe the mindset and habits that a golfer primarily uses that direct their thoughts and actions, especially under pressure. You are accustomed to approaching your game in a specific way because you believe it will provide you with the best avenue to succeed. No one knowingly and repeatedly engages in behavior that causes them to sabotage their game and fail. The key in that statement is knowingly. As I try to remind golfers every chance I get, self-awareness is a big prerequisite to success. You've got to know how you think, how you respond to challenges, how you make decisions, and what your best process is that helps you play great. That takes self-awareness. Just because you have good intentions doesn't mean that your mode of operation is going to get you from where you are to where you want to go in the best and shortest way possible. That's why you must continually examine your approach to determine where you have room to improve. That being said, It's easy to develop blind spots that can prevent you from seeing how your current golf personality may be exactly what's holding you back. There are six dominant personalities that I've seen in my clients over the years. As you listen to this episode, you may identify with more than one, and that's normal. My challenge is for you to identify the one that represents your dominant or default personality type especially when you're under pressure. Ask yourself, when things get tough, who shows up? Take note of the pros of each golf personality and the cons that occur when a golfer takes them to the extreme. And be sure to listen all the way to the end when I reveal the best golf personality that will enable you to always get the best out of your game. The first golf personality is the worker bee. The worker bee's persona is just as the name implies, centered around constantly working hard on your game. You may believe that the more time you put into your game, the better you will play. 
You might have a team of experts you work with, like a trainer, swing coach, nutritionist, and mental coach. You may play as many rounds each week as you possibly can and get to the range as often as you can to hit balls. You may go to the gym, stretch, eat well, and invest time in your mental game. You take pride in your work ethic and tend to believe that no one works harder on their game than you do. If you identify with the worker bee personality I just described, one of the pros of your approach is that you're constantly looking for ways to strengthen all the sides of your game. You're willing to do whatever it takes to reach your goals, and you get a sense of satisfaction knowing how much time and effort you invest on the road to a better game. And you've probably seen some fruits of your labor as a result. But the cons to this approach center around your tendency to work harder as opposed to smarter. In my experience, worker bees can get lost in the work itself and lose sight of whether their efforts are directly translating to achievement. For example, if you're planning to spend an hour on the range hitting balls, you might not always set specific measurable milestone goals that tie directly to your long-term goals before heading to the range. This makes it impossible to know whether or not your time actually moved your game forward. I've seen this personality habit in younger players who become driven to outwork their teammates and peers, but they fall short of reaching their goals because their hard work is not focused by specific purpose objectives that efficiently move them in the direction they want to go. The missing ingredients that help golfers work smart are specific goals and actionable steps that break those goals into measurable and manageable pieces. While working hard can lead to better play, you've got to make sure that you're following a well-constructed plan so you're crystal clear about where, when, and how to invest your time and energy to get the biggest return on your work. The second golf personality is the socialite. If you love spending time with friends and family to catch up while on the course, or like to make sure that everyone is having a great time, then your dominant golf personality may be the socialite. The socialite loves to be at the center of the fun and enjoys the casual and social side of golf. If this describes you, while you do like to play well, having a good time is probably more important to you. You're quick to help a playing partner hunt for a lost ball or to offer words of encouragement when someone is having a tough day. You may not exactly consider yourself a serious golfer, and would much rather be on the course than on the range practicing. The advantage of the socialite is that you play with more natural positivity, which can improve your rounds. People love to play with you because you keep things light and fun. The biggest con to the socialite personality is that it's very easy for you to get wrapped up in other people's games and emotions, which can have a negative impact on your own. You may worry about letting others down, feel rushed when you spend too much time helping someone, or get weighed down by someone else's bad attitude. By carrying the responsibility of the host or hostess to the extreme on the course, you can inadvertently sacrifice your game in an effort to serve others. Because your thoughts are often on those around you, 
you may find it difficult to maintain good focus on your own game. The key to regaining balance, if this sounds familiar, is to make your enjoyment and your game your priority. If your game is always the first on your list during a round, then you'll be able to bring your best. Start considering how you can focus more on your game when you need to, and then enjoy being social between shots and holes. The third personality type is the defender. If you make a point to know where the trouble is on a hole, where you've had issues in the past, or where it might be okay to miss, then you're playing like a defender. It's true that golf courses are designed to be equally beautiful and challenging. Holes are decorated with lush landscapes, some of which are also hazards and penalty areas no one wants to wind up in. As a defender, your approach is defensive by design, which has its pros and cons. The advantage of knowing where the trouble is on a hole is that you are very clear about where you don't want your ball to go. You are likely very aware of the situations you found yourself in in the past that you're trying hard not to repeat. While it seems logical on one hand to believe that strategizing how to avoid messing up could help you minimize your misses, it really doesn't. Golfers bring this up all the time. Knowing where the trouble lies simply makes trouble spots possible targets. The con of the defender's personality is that it creates negative thoughts and emotions that increase the occurrence of negative self-fulfilling prophecies. When you're in the habit of replaying past disasters or entertaining what-ifs and worst-case scenarios, you play with more tension. Your negative thoughts manifest physically and can cause erratic swings and poor decisions. A defensive approach prevents you from seeing solutions and bringing shot challenges down to size in your mind. You play safe instead of smart because you're trying to avoid making mistakes. Your focus is on the wrong things unless you're keen on making mistakes. And even if you find yourself playing well, a small error in your game may be difficult to bounce back from offensively when you're accustomed to thinking defensively. There's no advantage to trying hard not to fail. All you do is make failure more inevitable. You will increase the probability of hitting good shots when you keep your thoughts focused on where you actually want the ball to go. The fourth golf personality is the historian. Have you ever caught yourself getting wrapped up in reminiscing about the past, the glory days, the game, swing, or distance you once had and wish you still had today? Do you find yourself frustrated because your game has gone through some changes that you see are taking you in the wrong direction? If yes, then your dominant golf personality may be the historian. Age is not a prerequisite for playing with the personality type of the historian. I've worked with college players who tell me about how much better they were in high school when the competition wasn't as fierce just as often as I hear 60-year-old golfers and older complain about the distance, flexibility, or handicap they miss. There's really only one pro to the approach of the historian, 
and that's your ability to remember your successes of the past. But operating like a historian can get you into trouble when your comparison to your past self diminishes your perspective and value of your current self. That's a serious con. You may be trapped in the negative outlook that accompanies this approach because an injury has taken you out of the game for an extended period of time and you're still trying to make up for lost time and lost ground. Or perhaps you embarked on an overhaul of your swing with your instructor and still haven't found your way back to a consistent swing you believe you can trust. Or maybe the level of the players with whom you're currently playing is intimidating for some reason and taking a toll on your confidence more than playing with others has ever done in the past. If for any reason you're wishing you could go back to a time when you think you were playing better, you've got to acknowledge how significantly your comparison thinking is undermining your present game. There's a saying that you can't move forward with your eyes on the rearview mirror. Recalling your successes from the recent past can be a great confidence booster, but using the past as a reference point that causes you to discount your game today is a bad habit you want to replace. Your approach must be about building on the successes of today, not reliving the past. There are little wins in every round that you may be missing because your mind is on the rearview mirror of your game. To play great in the present, you must find things you can appreciate about the game you have today and keep building on that. The fifth golf personality is the fixer. There are some golfers who proudly wear the badge of honor of the fixer personality. The fixer is also known as the fiddler, the tinkerer, and the perfectionist. If you're a fixer, you are consumed by learning everything you can about your swing. You regularly gather information from a variety of sources like your club pro, YouTube videos, the golf channel, books on the mechanics of the golf swing, golf schools, and more in an attempt to perfect your swing. In your opinion, the more you know, the better you'll get. And to some degree, knowledge can be beneficial. So let's talk about the pros of the fixer personality. Knowing how your golf swing works is important. When you understand the impact of things like your setup, ball position, club loft, tempo, swing plane, rotation, weight transfer, etc., that kind of information can help you develop a good technical foundation in your game. And by understanding some of the important details, you can conduct basic self-diagnostics to refine your skills on the range when practicing. But like all the other golf personalities, this one can get taken to the extreme too. The major con of the fixer approach is that it can prevent you from ever fully developing trust in your swing. When good is never good enough, you can become vulnerable to perfectionistic and micromanaging tendencies. In addition, when you are drawing information from a lot of different sources at the same time, it can become very confusing to know which one to listen to when you can't possibly follow them all. Some of the information you gather might be contradictory as well. 
The result is that you end up with way too many voices in your head and too many things you're trying to do at one time. When you're a fixer, you become really great at practicing, but get in your own way on the course when you are still trying to play in a practice rather than trust-driven mindset. At the first sign of trouble, you default to trying to fix your mechanics. I call this giving yourself a swing lesson in the middle of a round. Your mind is often cluttered with a list of things you want to remember to do and an opposing list of things you're trying to remember not to do. When fixing becomes a bad habit, you can find yourself paralyzed by over-analysis. Then when you actually hit a good shot, you find it difficult to appreciate it without also considering how it could have been better. If you've been taking the fixer personality to the extreme, it's time to take the training wheels off your swing and start playing with trust. Now before I tell you about the sixth and final golf personality, I want to quickly recap the pros of each of the ones I've already presented. The best of the worker bee personality is that you are driven to achieve your best. You've got a great work ethic and just need to focus that energy and desire by always following a strategically sound and measurable game plan. The socialite exudes positivity, which is an asset in golf. Occasional glitches during a round don't demolish your enjoyment. Getting into the habit of keeping you and your game the number one priority will help you continue to love the game for the long term and have more fun playing. The pro of the defender's personality is your ability to use your imagination. You just have to make sure that you use it to envision success. When your mind is focused on your best options rather than what could go wrong, you will hit far more good shots. The historian personality type is of value because you are accustomed to storing and replaying great memories of successful times. By making a point to keep your memories current with recent evidence of success in your game, you keep your focus on the present and can commit to building on your recent successes. The fixer personality can help you play with a solid understanding of the mechanics of the game. Your challenge is to avoid getting lost in the weeds of the mechanics by trying to perfect them. You must work on developing trust in your swing and appreciating the swing you've developed to date. Golf personality number six, the scholar. The best and most powerful of all golf personalities encompasses the best qualities of all the others. I refer to this golf personality as the scholar. When working with clients, we don't focus on eliminating bad habits. We center our time, effort, and energy on establishing the habits that foster a strong approach to the game. Specifically, I teach clients how to think and play like a scholar. As the title suggests, the scholar personality is exhibited by a golfer who is a student of the game. The scholar embodies all the good characteristics of the other personality types. Specifically, golfers who possess the scholar's personality have a strong work ethic and invest time and energy developing all the sides of their game. They set goals and plan the measurable action steps to move their games forward one step at a time. 
These golfers follow a disciplined process that allows them to balance the social and serious sides of their game so they can play well and have a good time doing it. They play with a mindset that is consistently focused on envisioning success, no matter how they're playing in the moment. They are solution-oriented and driven to never give up. Scholars maintain a solid foundation of confidence grounded in continual monitoring and identification of success evidence that centers around the parts of the game over which they have direct control. They set aside specific time to train and also actively work to maintain solid trust in their mechanics so they can keep their minds free of clutter on the course. Scholars strive to learn and grow from every experience, both good and bad. They believe that if they're not winning, they are learning something new that will make a positive difference going ahead. If you want to embrace the personality of a scholar in your game, start by developing the positive aspects of each of the other personalities one by one without reaching an extreme approach. Pay attention to how you think about, prepare to play, and navigate your game when the pressure is on. The more you pay attention to how you operate, the easier it is to identify the areas where you have opportunities to grow. Well, that's a wrap, and I hope you enjoyed this episode. I'd love to know which of the golf personalities you identified with the most. You can check out the show notes and leave me a comment by heading over to trainingfor-optimal-performance.com forward slash 007. I'd love to hear from you. To quickly recap, in this episode, I shared the top six golf personalities I see most often in golfers of all levels. They are the worker bee, the socialite, the defender, the historian, the fixer, and the scholar. While there are pros and cons to the first five that I described, the sixth golf personality, the scholar, combines the best of all the others in a single approach to the game. By developing great self-awareness and self-management skills, you can embody the characteristics of the scholar. This single personality type can be adopted by any golfer who is committed enough to develop the kind of mindset that focuses them on the parts of the game that contribute to great shots. If you're ready to learn more about how to develop a scholar's personality, I'd love to invite you to my free private Facebook group, where I share even more tips and strategies you can use to play great. In fact, my group is called Play Great Golf, and you can request to join by going to playgreatgolfgroup.com. Well, that's a wrap. Thanks for tuning in today. If you enjoyed this episode, please consider heading over to iTunes to leave me a review and rate this podcast. This really helps improve the ranking of my podcast so that I can reach more golfers just like you. And if you haven't subscribed to the She Talks Birdie podcast, what are you waiting for? That'll guarantee you won't miss a single juicy episode. I'll be back soon. Until next time, get out there and play great.